Today in the show, we're talking about accepting the lifestyle your income delivered. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney. I'm your host. And today, as always, I'm joined with my host, Trevor. And today on the show, we're talking about accepting the lifestyle your income delivered. And if you think of life as full of choices, I mean, you, you, as you go through life, you'll have to make some hard choices, some easy choices, some things you can't wait to make decisions about, things you dread to make decisions about. But choosing a choosing to accept the lifestyle your income delivers, it is a choice. And a lot of people don't come to terms with, with making that choice uh, soon enough in life. I completely agree with that. And what I love about this episode and this topic is that it's so universal. Everyone, everyone at every point in their life will have to have to come to terms with this. They'll have to accept the lifestyle their income delivers. No one gets a free pass on this, to your point, tough decision. So here's how it usually happens for most people. So usually you'll you'll choose a lifestyle first. And you, you will be choosing your lifestyle based on somebody you idolize. It could be uh, your parents. It could be a family member. It could be a friend. It could be somebody famous. But you are idolizing somebody's lifestyle. So what typically happens is people at a subconscious level, they choose a lifestyle first. And they, they come to terms with the lifestyle they want. They, they're dreaming about, and when I say lifestyle, I'm talking about cars, trucks. <laughs> I love to say trucks. Uh, vacations, large homes. Just, you know, you're choosing the most luxurious, realistic, luxurious lifestyle you can. That, at a subconscious level, that is what you're, when you're choosing a lifestyle, that's the, the prototypical pe- approach people take. And then once you've got that, subconscious lifestyle etched in your mind, then the work starts to find an income that will deliver that dreamt of lifestyle. And all the way through, like say even post high school and post-secondary education, you're, the lifestyle you're dreaming of is, is becoming more and more in focus. You're getting more in tune with the things that you really want out of that lifestyle. And I'm saying in my opinion, choosing a lifestyle first. So the alternative to this would be choosing a career path first and accepting the lifestyle that career path will deliver. And this is a very, very few people take this road. And this road is, I think you end up being far more deliberate about your choices if you choose a career path first. And this would be people maybe pursuing artistic endeavors. This is this is typically people that are just, they're so in love with their art or their, their passion project that they will choose that over, over lifestyle every time. These people are far and few between. They're not very materialistic people. They're, and I'm stereotyping, but they, I've met people like this. And I, I, if you ever meet somebody who chose a career path over lifestyle, you will, you will on the surface idolize or just, think they have it figured out. Once you've been through life and you've sort of life has ground you down to a bit of a powder, you start to appreciate what the choices, somebody who chose their career or their passion project over lifestyle. And I agree with that. And there's definitely something to admire about both routes. And I, I, I like what you said about we usually, usually choose the lifestyle first, because I think even if someone can picture a job like a dream job that they want to have they might picture the lifestyle that comes along with that dream job first that dream job I mean pretend you want to become an engineer that that's just something a career you're passionate about from a young age I know someone like that passionate about engineering since grade 10 and now is on his way to um, getting his PNG that's 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 someone who knew what career he wanted but Maybe he also liked the lifestyle that came along with that. Maybe maybe the income level that came along with becoming an engineer and being an engineer was something that was also enticing as well. So it could have gone hand in hand. I think though, okay, so when you choose a profession like accounting or engineering, I think you're you're probably starting out at not the the job you were 
you're idolizing. The career path, you may get there one day, but you're, you're starting at an entry-level position in those type of things you're describing, and they don't tend to be uh, what you were dreaming about. You, there's a lot of work to be done to get to the, the idolized career path you're describing. I, I think if you want to take this to the extremes, it, it's let, let's just say the one who chose, chooses their, their career path as an artistic endeavor over lifestyle. That's kind of the extreme, right? That, that, that's because that's kind of a, you've heard of the term starving artist. There's a lot of people that go down this road that, you know, they don't amass much wealth. But the whole thing of choosing a career first and a passion project is, you, I hopefully or ideally, you choose something that you never want to retire from. You can do it forever. So all of a sudden, you, be, you become financially independent the minute you start working your your dream, your your passion project, your artistic endeavor, the minute you earn an income of any kind doing this, you you in essence are financially independent because you'll never work a day in your life if you're if you're working in your art. And that's a really great distinction between the two, and it really it really stresses the differentiation between choosing a lifestyle and choosing a career. And what I do like about this episode is I think, I mean, being, I'm in my mid twenties and I, maybe your mid thirties, mid forties, and you're coming up against the same question. Do, and you're, you're trying to kind of decide what path you want to go down and what is a priority to you. So this episode, I hope resonates with anyone, I don't know, in my shoes or anyone who may be considering, is gone down one path and is considering the other. And Trevor, I know for you... Well, you know, you raise a good point. I just want to interrupt there. So this doesn't have to be a life sentence. I, I've seen people who've chosen their passion project, their art, over lifestyle, and they've sort of got exhausted with the lifestyle that that income delivers, meaning they, they want, as they age, they want more comforts in life. And so they they put their their art or their passion project their career choice first to the side and they move into uh, finding other sources of income that will deliver a more comfortable lifestyle. So I've seen that transition. And I've also seen people who have chose lifestyle and burned out in their corporate jobs and amassed enough wealth that they can transition or they adjust their lifestyle enough that they can transition and focus more on career path and less on lifestyle. No, I like that you made that distinction because, and 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 you mentioned burnout. It doesn't even have to be about burnout. It could be you are. I mean, look, you, Trevor, you are going to be retiring from your formal uh, formal work. But you know what? So reaching financial independence, this this disqualify. So the, I'm no longer choosing lifestyle over income, right? I, I know once you reach financial independence, you no longer have to make that decision. So that, that doesn't count here. No, yeah. Because I've already, they hold the title of accepting the lifestyle your income delivers. Well, if I'm financially independent, I've got the income being delivered and now I can choose any lifestyle I want. The difference is I had to put in a whole bunch of years to get there. So financial independence, that, that doesn't count. You, you, you would have to make this decision when you, you still need an income of some kind to support a lifestyle of some kind. No, that's, that's, that's a very good distinction between the two. So in this episode, we're going to talk about kind of the nuances between choosing a lifestyle first and choosing a career first. Um, but, but like Trevor said at the beginning, life really is full of choices about where you live, how you live, where you work, and how you work. And with these kind of, kind of it's a, I'll say that again, where you live, how you live, where you work, and how you work. For you, Trevor, how big of a consideration were these? Because the working and living, like where you live, where you work, I know those are things that you've mentioned in past episodes as, as being important to you, specifically where you lived and where you uh, decided to raise a family. So just leading this episode, and, and I think anyone who's been with us for a while, I think knows where you exist on this kind of spectrum of um, maybe choosing your career versus your lifestyle. And so uh, can you walk us through a little bit about maybe what, just kind of the thought process 
in the beginning of your career that led you kind of to where you are now? So you're right. I, when I run into people, there's there's two kinds of people. So I live in a small town, and I there's two kinds of people I run into. There's there's people who are just passing through, and those people are what they do is more important than where they live. And then there's other people who have been in this small town their whole lives, and where they live is far more important than what they do. That's a trade-off they're willing to make. Those are two, I, I rarely see, so for me, it kind of worked out both ways. I, I, I kind of won a bit of a lottery there. I, I, I'm going to say I got lucky. I, I didn't actually think this was going to work out this well, but I really like the idea of living in a small town, and I really like the idea of being a financial accountant. And they both, they both landed in my lap in the same place. A pretty rare opportunity. I, I'm not going to say you should go searching for this because it, it probably isn't going to exist, but it did for me. So I'm going to say a, a bit of a lottery winner there. But for sure, there's t- two groups of people. Uh, and you, you, can, you can, in a very short conversation, I can identify. So living in a, in a city, it's hard, I think it's harder to observe this. But in a small town, a short conversation, I can quickly tell what group somebody falls into you know i there's just a couple of leading questions and all of a sudden i i know and i'm not judging or anything i just once you understand a person you you, in terms of for for example where they live is more important than what they do then you can lead the conversation in a direction about how beautiful the community is or if you know what they do is more important than where they live well then you can lead the conversation in the direction of you know, what someone does for, for a living. And it just makes for a more interesting, interesting conversation when you meet uh, either a stranger or somebody, you kind of a fringe person, you know, so that, that, that's an, obs- I've, I've kind of figured out how to drill down in, in, uh, I'm going to say three sentences <laughs> to find out it, what, what somebody's mindset is. No, I definitely agree. I think being in a small town, I've, I've had, experience. actually, you know what, there's people that live in a metropolitan city and they're pretty proud of that too. Now that I think about it, I've run into those people and they're pretty proud of their metropolitan city. And they'll tell you about all the sites you should see. And then you ask them about what they do and they'll be very vague, you know, they, they, and it's not that they're embarrassed what they do. It's just not near as important as, you know, where they live. And I, that's what I was going to say as well, is that this, this really is perspective. Anyone listening, listening to this episode today, they, they may have a, they may not, they may despise a small town. They may have grew up in one and couldn't wait to be in a big metropolitan city. And there's definitely, I mean, the, the cost of living is higher in say Toronto. And, and if, if that means more to them to live in Toronto than anything else, they will find a, made, a way to make that work. But I, I, with experience living in a small town as well, it's, it's definitely, you have to be a lot more deliberate about being there just due to job opportunities. At least that's how I feel about it. But and if you kind of take the Toronto out of the equation, because it is a high cost base to live there and just maybe any other average city, um, there's definitely more opportunity to, to find employment and to find places to live. So it definitely, when you're in a small town, to your point, Trevor, it's definitely very deliberate and, and, and you can kind of maybe tell off the bat that that is a priority for that person. And we mentioned this because this is a money podcast. You, if you're living in Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto, Montreal, you better have a really good reason to live there. You, you're not just living there because it's a nice place. You better have, if you're trying to get ahead financially, if you're trying to build wealth and you live in one of those places, you better have a really good reason. And that reason better be, that's the only place I can earn a living at what I want to do. And, and if that's your reason, that's good enough. But don't be, don't be living in downtown Toronto and working at Starbucks. But, but what if, what if that's someone's choice? What if that person wants to live in Montreal, Vancouver so badly that that's their choice? That is their choice to live where they're living. Well, then building wealth and being financially independent early in life is not a choice you're making. And, and that's still a choice. That's still a choice. So it's, it's, it's a valid choice. So, so, and, and I want to go back to you. We're going to, we will jump on to the, again, the nuances of what happens when you choose a lifestyle first and what happens when you choose your career first. But before we jump onto that, a question for you. So I, I think anyone listening to this today, unless, unless you, maybe, maybe there's people who aren't like you, Trevor, but I can't imagine you were 
in, in, in high school and say, you know what, I want to grow up and be an accountant. That's not, it, it's not exactly maybe a, a, a thrilling, absolutely thrilling, it's a fascinating career, but maybe not thrilling. So I would say that, just to clarify that, you definitely picked lifestyle simply due to the income that an accountant or uh, someone in the financial industry would deliver. A hundred percent. And you know, looking back, I would have chose, I would have chose furniture making over accounting. If I, if I was choosing a career path first, I would have chose that as a passion project and put lifestyle on the, on the, on the back burner. If that's the approach I was taking and looking back, um, I have a pretty comfortable life. I also make furniture on the side. <laughs> I don't do it full time, but I I enjoy that hobby. I probably would have really enjoyed it as a way of earning a living, but I I chose lifestyle first. I, I don't think any one of these is right or wrong. It's just be aware. So uh, really this episode, it's kind of going to be boiled down to you can choose a lifestyle and then try to acquire an income level to support it, or you can choose a career and then discover a lifestyle that will support that career. Yeah, and that's really what it comes down to. And where the the people fall into the trap is they they choose a career path, a passion project, something they're passionate about. Maybe they're starting their own business, and they want a comfortable lifestyle as well. They want a lavish lifestyle to go to go with it, and. At the extremes, there's people doing that. Like, like we, we, I watched a, a Garth Brooks special on Netflix recently, and there's a guy who was obviously passionate about music, and he he threw everything he had at making a, a career out of it. Obviously, it worked out for him, but those those extremes are few and far between. You you really need a break, or you need sort of opportunity beyond your control to make those things work out. I, I couldn't agree more with that. And when you, when you, when you pursue, when you pursue, so like Garth Brooks in that example, when you pursue that, it's definitely, you have to be, you have to be willing for, to accept the income that the lifestyle delivers, which is, it circles right back to this. And I do, I want to, I want to have a question. I remember my question now too. Have you seen the landscape changing between now and maybe when you grew up and you, when you were choosing a career, was there, was, was there a different type of direction or instruction given to today's generation than your generation? Is, is the narrative changing? Is, is the narrative pursue your dream, become an entrepreneur, do that thing be that author, do something that maybe is more of a career than uh, more of a, than, than a job that's going to deliver this, this certain lifestyle. Well, if I go back, I, I'm so before computers and I'm before internet, you know, if I go back to my high school years, so all you knew what was, you could read in books and you hear from, you know, people knowledgeable about a particular topic. Well, I think now all these dreams and aspirations are at your fingertips on the internet and YouTube and podcasts. You can learn about all these things and hear about people's stories. The, the, the stories of people making it are more seem to be more commonplace only because you have access to their stories where if it wasn't in the newspaper or in a magazine, it didn't exist back in when I was in high school. So it, I think people are more aware and I think with the internet just say music was your your thing well back in the 70s and 80s if you didn't get a record contract you didn't make it well now you can be a a youtube star and make uh, people make a a good living doing that so i think it's become easier to be entrepreneurial given the the access to people through the internet that i i think you've got a better chance, but it seems like there's more people trying to get those opportunities. So your competing, your competition has gone up tenfold, but your, your access to, to making it has gone up tenfold. So, you know, I don't know if you're any better off. No, yeah, that makes sense. The accessibility to just information, accessibility to opportunity. And one more question for you before we move on. I, I just came to me on this is that 
do you think that we do you think we have more is, is that kind of the dreamer mentality is that is that dangerous to us is, is that a, the internet and and people who have succeeded in more the creative industry whether it's an author or a professional youtuber things that probably didn't exist in your time when you were growing up is is that is that whole mentality about you can do anything you want you can you can you, if you can dream it you can do it is that harmful to today's young generation in that we have our minds set on it and you know what I even want to circle back to school I mean when we're in school there is this mentality I don't know I went to, I was in business school there's mentality on network 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 make those connections go up the corporate ladder there's this it's just this kind of place around continue growing and and just kind of thriving in this very entrepreneurial world and I mean is, is that to our detriment I think it depends on the individual. I know people that if you told, they need to be told by almost everybody that, that what they're trying to do is impossible. And if, if enough people don't tell them it's impossible, they'll move on to something else. There, there's people out there who, who need to know what they're trying to do is not going to be attempted by anybody. It's that off the wall. And that's when they know they've got something worth doing. And there's other people who, they need to get a consensus that, yeah, this could work from everybody before they'll even attempt it. So the, the but the, I've met the people, I've met the person, only a few who they are hoping you're going to tell them you're crazy. You, this isn't going to work. And little do you know, that's what's fueling them to do it. Cause they want to make, they want to do something that's so obscure, so unheard of that nobody has attempted it they would they want everyone to tell them there's no chance this is going to work because that these people are wired in such a way that they know the competition is going to be very light definitely and it sounds it, it kind of roots back a little bit to personality as well you've got maybe someone who looks played a little bit more safe a little more cautious and someone who's really just out to take on the whole world so, Trevor, you mentioned furniture making. We know it's a life, uh, not a lifelong passion. You know it's a passion of yours, one that you enjoy doing. There must have been a reason you didn't pursue it. I didn't pursue it because I'm of the mindset where a lot of people told me you can't really make a living doing that. So, you know, it, it's it's a uh, it's a piecework type of. So when you in in the furniture making industry, if you look into it. You're you're kind of paid on on piecework in that if you make a chair, you know this chair should take ten hours to make, and if it takes you fifteen hours to make, you're only going to get paid for ten hours. So that is what I say piecework, and so you're kind of on the clock all the time. You're trying to you're 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 burning through a lot of time trying to create efficiencies and avoid mistakes. It it, it turns out. To, to someone like me, it would have been pretty stressful work. Yeah, I've, I've realized. But I had enough people say that it, it's a pretty tough way to earn a living. Not saying it can't be done. People do it. But it, I think you have to be wired a certain way to be profitable at it. And I, I knew I wouldn't be. So I didn't pursue it. And the it's one of those artistic things. I mean, if you have a, if you have a style and, and people gravitate toward it, all of a sudden, every piece of furniture you make is worth 10 times, like every chair you make is worth 10 times what any other chair would be made. So it's, but, but there's few and far between of those people. So one word that came up as you were talking about the actual job, the actual work that you would do within that job is the word stress. And, it, and I, I want to zero in on that word because there's definitely job stress there, but when, when if we categorize furniture making as more of someone choosing their career, what does that look like in terms uh, when we contrast life stress versus job stress when we're choosing either a lifestyle or a career? Well, if you choose a career passion project and you don't make a lot of money at it, you're going to be burdened with life stress. So life stress is, you know, can I make my rent this month? You know, are we have much, much, enough money for groceries? You know, do we have enough for utilities? Those, those are life stresses. You know, if you have kids, you know, they need things. So you'll be burdened with all those stresses. But when you go to work, it'll be, okay, it won't be unicorns and rainbows all day, but it'll be something very, you, you, 
you know, people are going to have to say, hey, it's quitting time. It's time to go home. Like you, you won't even watch the clock. So, it, but then if you choose a lifestyle and you end up in a career that it's just something you can tolerate, well, you'll, you'll probably just say you earn a decent income. You, you won't be worrying about your rent and your paying your bills, but you'll have job stress. And the job stress comes in a couple of ways. Is If you have a really high income, replacing that income, that becomes a challenge. No, I like that high overview of the differentiation between life stress and job stress because that's something we're going to touch on now as we move into just the the differences between choosing putting your lifestyle first and then putting your career first. And life stress and job stress is something that is going to come up as we're talking about this. So I just wanted to segue into that, kind of introduce what that looks like. So the first thing we're going to talk about going to talk about is choosing a lifestyle first and like Trevor said this is the one that comes up more most often and um, just to define lifestyle lifestyle doesn't mean it can mean um, the expensive truck the boat the cottage the yearly trips Um, that can be a certain lifestyle but a a certain lifestyle can also be cash flowing your children through post-secondary or reaching early financial independence so lifestyle in in the way we're talking about it right here right now is whatever it means to you. And I just want to say, choosing a lifestyle, you know, you, I hear, so I, I know somebody who wants to be a police officer. That's sort of a, a dream of theirs. So it would sound on the surface like they're choosing a career first. But if you talk to them about to be becoming a police officer, they do mention the income quite often. You know, it, it comes with a really good uh, salary. And then they talk about the... Um, you know, if you dig a little deeper, this, this individual really loves video games and, you know, this person may want to be, you know, putting income aside, would they choose a video game development or police officer? Well, they probably choose video games. So on the surface, somebody might be really talking about how much they like the idea of being a police officer, a firefighter. And, if you talk to them long enough, you, I'm not saying people aren't passionate about those professions, but if you talk to the most people that want that long enough, at some point, how much they earn at that job will very shortly come up in the conversation. So I would caution you to think that person chose career first over lifestyle. That's a really good distinction just because and we're going to get onto this point. I'm not going to spoil this point, but I think we we can get passionate and, and, and very talkative about maybe a certain job that we are pursuing because of the lifestyle it delivers. And I think that doesn't necessarily um, mean that we're choosing our career to your point, Trevor. I think that's a, that's a good distinction. So the first, um, the first thing that comes out of choosing a lifestyle first, whatever your lifestyle looks like, whatever that that kind of that dream lifestyle looks like is you are prioritizing where you live over what you do. So a good example. So I, I ran into somebody in this town. They were sort of some, a young person just got out of school and I was saying, so what are your plans? And this person said, Oh, I'm going to be moving into the West end. <laughs> and I said, the West end of what? He said, well, the West end of town. And I go, this town doesn't have a West End. It's, it's so small that it just is. There's no West End, East End. It just is a town that you can cross in less than 10 minutes. There is no West End. But they said, oh, no, I'm moving to the West End. I love the West End. And that person, they were, the, obviously, where they live to that person is super important. And it's not that you can't, I, it's not that you can't have both. It's just when you talk to somebody, and I like to, if you're talking to somebody who's coming of age, so, you know, they've, they've just graduated school and you say, what are your plans? And they, they're either talking about their life plans or their job plans. And in a, a small town, it really magnifies the difference. So in a city, it's less it's less magnified you you're less likely to know where the person stands on these on the issue of where you live versus what you do but in a small town it just jumps out like like a monster you you, you 
you can't hide it because if someone says, oh, I, I want to be, uh, uh, just say I want to be a police officer. Well, the chance of getting a police a policing job in this small town is, I mean, they come up so infrequently because basically you're waiting for someone to retire that you can't, you know, you're not likely going to choose policing and this small town at the same time. Like, I mean, there isn't a person around and say, well, you know, that's a long road to hoe. You really, you're going to do a lot of odd jobs before you become a police officer if you're waiting, you know, for that opportunity to come up. So uh, it, it's less, like I said, it's less obvious in a large city, but in a small town, it jumps out at you. And I like that this is the first point because it definitely, it definitely illuminates how when you choose a lifestyle, it's not always just about how much you make or how little you make. It's also about those things. It's just about, it, it's just about things that maybe aren't related to money and that is what derives the job that you may get. So it kind of works the other way. Is, is, is that, am I thinking about it right? Yeah. And you know, just just say small town is a lifestyle you're choosing. Well, it, it actually doesn't require a great deal of income, right? That That's kind of the point you're making, right? It's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And if you're choosing big city, like metropolitan city, like Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary, Montreal, then you're choosing... Not necessarily choosing an expensive lifestyle, but chances are it's going to cost you a lot to live there, even if your life isn't lavish. Definitely. So that's, it's kind of, it, it really is. That's a prime example of just how magnified the lifestyle piece is. The second, and Trevor, you kind of touched on this, the second point for what happens, what it looks like when you choose a lifestyle first is that you limit your career option. And you do, because... If you're choosing lifestyling, your lifestyle is going to cost. You're going to need a, a career that supports it. And that that's going to limit what you can do. So if you choose to drive really high-end vehicles and live in a large home, then you're going to have to choose a, you know, a, a, a very high-level, like a doctor, lawyer type of careers, right? So it, it's you... <laughs> It's very limiting in that you, once you've built the lifestyle, you could be stuck in a soul-crushing job. And then if we look at you, this one kind of applies to you living in a small town um, and, 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 and being employed within that small town, but also having the goals of, we know, we all know that you um, put your kids to post-secondary and that your goal was reaching early financial independence. So that kind of falls really around where you're at. Well, I... I chose a, a very simple lifestyle. So my lifestyle was not, my lifestyle doesn't make sense given my career choice, my my, my income. I, okay, till just recently I was driving around in a 12-year-old car that, you know, it, it just, given what I, the income I have it, that on the surface for the average person that doesn't make sense. I go on camping and canoeing vacations I have the means to go on cruises in, in, in more lavish international vacations, although given COVID, I, I'm not doing that. But I, I enjoy those things. So I, I've adopted a lifestyle that doesn't require a lot of income. So I've kind of I, adopted the best of both worlds. But moving to a small town, you did limit your career options if we circle back to that point. Well, I moved here for the job, right? So I... I so I needed experience to get an opportunity. And what I discovered was not many people are willing to move to a small town. So the employer in this small town was willing to take a chance on somebody with very little experience. And that's, that was my in. And, but now moving here, just say I wanted to you know, climb the corporate ladder or, or, or you know, expand my career and, and, and become something bigger than I, than I am, uh, those op opportunities just don't exist here. So I, I would have to obviously relocate, which once you become comfortable in a small town, that, that, that's a challenge. And again, that's a great example of how you, ex you, you chose lifestyle first and then accepted that that was an option or that was the outcome within your career space. 
Well, no, I, I chose lifestyle for, yeah, I chose, you're right. You're right. I chose lifestyle for. Because you, you chose not to make climbing the corporate ladder a priority. Um, so number four, the fourth, fifth, oh, number three, we missed number three here. So number three, the third um, kind of element to choosing a lifestyle first, prioritizing a lifestyle first is you most likely are within a job um, that's it really brings kind of maybe becomes unfulfilling working life. So yeah, if you choose lifestyle first and you've got to find a job to support it, you're going to be, you're going to have a job as opposed to a passion project, most likely. So if you're driving a $65,000 truck around like a car and you're making those types of decisions, you, you that type of lifestyle, then chances are you are in a, you have a job and Every job, you, you may like some aspect of it, but I, I guarantee there's some aspect of you that you just dread. So at some point, the you might not be in a soul-crushing job, but you're, there's probably somewhere else you'd rather be most of the time. I was going to save this question for near the end of the show, but I'm going to ask it now because it's, it's relevant. And I, I, I'm asking it for... for purely personal reasons but this is one that I am personally kind of up against a wall with and, and maybe people listening to this are, are nodding their heads in agreement but I mean soul crushing job that does it doesn't sound that doesn't sound like something you want to wake up and do every day so w- what keeps you going what motivates you to to seek out that job to maintain employment within that space is it is it because is it because of your goals and your priorities and choosing your lifestyle so I'm not saying you should never stay in a soul-crushing job. That's, that's, that shouldn't, but every job, and I use the word job as opposed to work, every job is going to have some aspect. So I, I kind of look at a job, it, if it has these three elements, it becomes something you can do. So it's got something you really love doing. There's, some, there's a part of that job that just draws you in and you love it. There's part of the job that you tolerate and there's part of the job that you really don't like. And if those are in equal buckets, then that's probably the, that's the extreme. So you, I wouldn't go any worse than equal parts of those three things. So the minute tolerating and dreading get larger than something you enjoy, it's time to move on. So never stay in a soul-crushing job. But if your job has those three pieces to it, it is a job. And over time, you will tire of it. I, I like that normalization that when you are pursuing a lifestyle and you are, and therefore maybe a, a job that's not creative or not, when you essentially don't put your career first. So when you're kind of putting your lifestyle first and kind of the normalization behind that every day won't look like sunshine and rainbows, but that. It may be providing the the income to fuel a lifestyle, um, whatever that may be. Maybe it's reaching early financial independence, whatever that kind of lifestyle that you want to live is. You know, if you if you've got those three buckets, so you if you if it has part something you re, you like, you really like something you tolerate and something you kind of dread. If your job doesn't have enough of something you really like in it, chances are you're not going to be very good at it. I like that. I really like that. Uh, let's move on to number four now. So number four in the fourth, um, fourth area that, that occurs, the fourth thing that happens when you choose lifestyle first is that you may experience more job stress. Yeah, so if, if you've chosen lifestyle and a lavish lifestyle, then you're going to have a, a high, higher paying job, maybe above average high paying job. And with those jobs, I mean, they're not, they're not, they're above average pay because you're delivering above average value. And in delivering that above average value, you, you end up with a lot of job stress. That, that's where it comes from is where, where you're expected to, to deliver on a regular basis. Uh, that can be stressful. People experience this in sales a lot. So you're always searching to close that next deal. And I know people that work in sales and sales can be very lucrative. In most organizations, the salespeople are the highest paid 
as a whole group. And that's for a reason. I mean, they, they have to deliver all the time. No, I, I, that's, it's so true. And this, what you said really bleeds into our fifth point of choosing a lifestyle first. And uh, this one may resonate with you, Trevor, but um, number five is income replacement may become more challenging. So once you've designed a lifestyle that you're really comfortable with, and just say this lifestyle consumes six figures, well, and you just, you just happen to be so lucky that you have a six-figure income to go with it. And just say you're spending every penny you make or close to it. Well, there's a lot of stress there. If you lose that six-figure job, so I always say this, the safest income is a minimum wage income because you can replace it overnight. But replacing a six-figure job you, you may have some rare talents and you might be able to get it, but they're hard to come by. They're, they're not falling from the sky on a regular basis. No, that's a really true point. And, and the part about this point that immediately came to my mind um, when, when I introduced it was the fact that, I mean, you, you, uh, you work within a small town. That is, and I'm sure there's not a, a ton of jobs in your industry that maybe delivers the income that your lifestyle or that your that your lifestyle um, needs to kind of continue down the towards reaching your goals, but I mean that must have been something that is that that was definitely consideration. Maybe. You know, choosing that my lifestyle kind of had the opposite effect that it would have on most people. I chose lifestyle first here, moving to this small town, I guess in a way, but because there wasn't a lot of well-paying jobs in a, in a small town. It forced me to it forced me to live below my means all the time because if I ever had to replace this income, I wanted to make sure I could. So it, that kind of helps me get to early financial independence in sort of a backdoor kind of way. No, I love that, and and that's I mean it it, it kind of I mean if not if you didn't live that way, yeah, you would definitely maybe experience even more job stress because you're worried about maybe losing that job if you were living to paycheck to paycheck like that last example that you used. So those are the five points of choosing a lifestyle first and all the show notes as well will as always will be in the show notes you can refer to it after the show but now we're going to talk about what happens when you choose a career first. So just as a lead-in we have five points for this but Trevor you said at the beginning of the show that not as many people pursue this route and we're going to go through the five reasons maybe that will explain why maybe people don't but well on the surface a lot of people don't choose their career first being a passion project type of career path first is because there's probably a a, just a lineup of people telling you it's a bad idea it's not going to work you know don't And, and so the people like i mentioned there's people who are the the more people that tell them that it they can't do it it motivates them to do it even more. But most of the people, if they get enough people telling them this is a bad idea, they'll walk away. I'd have to agree with that. So number one, the first consideration that should, you, should, you should kind of take into mind when you're choosing a career first is that you are prioritizing what you do over where you live. So we've talked about this back and forth a whole bunch of times, but it's I know somebody who's working in the the film industry in Toronto, a young person, and they're they're behind this behind the scenes in the film industry. And th- I, I haven't looked at their bank statements, but in talking to them and their family, it's a pretty dismal earnings that they're getting out of this, but they really enjoy the work. And I wonder the combination of Toronto and low pay, I, you just wonder how sustainable that is. You know, just wh- how long you can pursue this passion thing. It, I think you, you can do this for a period of time, but long term, I, I, I guess there's people that spend their whole life in, in this type of thing, but I just think you're going to, your wants and desires are going to evolve over time. So 
this person's situation, I, I can't see it lasting long term. And and to kind of follow up with that, I've I've heard that in in that industry as well. Just to kind of um, expand on that. That sometimes you're you're working in the mi- middle of the night because it's a it's a night shoot and all the scenes are taking place at night, or you're traveling to um, you're traveling to faraway places because that's what you need to do for the job and do for the shoot. So um, it, it, you kind of turn turn it on its head, and and, and maybe that travel is. And where they're living for that period of time is it doesn't really matter. Maybe maybe all those kind of circumstances is it doesn't really weigh very heavily on that individual. You know, and I'm saying it from the perspective of things that I want out of life, and maybe they don't want the things I want out of life. Maybe they look at my life and say, "Oh, that is so boring. <laughs> I don't know how you do that for that long. Like that is it's crazy. Like what a waste of a life." So, who am I to judge? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so the second, a uh, second thing to take in, into consideration when you do choose a career first is that it does tend to come along with flexibility and employment opportunities. Well, it comes in flexibility in that you have to be flexible. You have to be willing to adapt to opportunities as they present themselves, and they may not all show up as obvious employment opportunities. You have to be creative. You have to, so in this, this movie industry thing, this, this film thing, they're not posting jobs. Like it's, these are contracts you're getting and you're chasing that next contract all the time and you have to build networks of people that you can be in touch with and, and you can't really have a bad day on the job because that's, you're basically, the job you're doing today is an interview for the job you're going to get tomorrow. So it, it, it's stressful in that way. I, but you have to be willing to adapt. In the music industry, I know uh, this person who was a fabulous guitar player, talking just incredible guitar player. And he, he got a job in a band who was touring and needed a bass player. And he went and played bass for this band. He told me he was a way better guitar player than the guitar player this band had but he had to take the opportunity that was given to him to earn a paycheck, and that was playing a bass. So that's an example how this person was flexible. They're still playing music in live environments. That's what they want. Not playing guitar, playing a bass. That, that's being flexible. I uh, circle back to uh, the... And I, ju- I just want to say, just say you want to be an accountant or you work in the finance industry. There's a a well-traveled path on how to get from here to here. It's, it's obvious. It's, it's actually, it's, it's laid out in books. This is what you do. These are the steps you take to go from being this to this. And you get into a corporation and they lay out the, the progression you have to go through to become this. It, it's, it's obvious. You don't have to be flexible. You don't have to be creative or inventive. The path to get from here to here is well-defined. But in, in choosing a career first, and I keep, it's, it's a passion project, it's an artistic endeavor, it, you have to be flexible. The path is not obvious. In fact, the path is probably different for every single person. I absolutely love the distinction that you, you made between um, sometimes pursuing a, uh, a job where the path is laid out for you. It's, it's actually a paved path. There's not, there's not even any gravel there. It's actually, it's paved, it's freshly paved. It's well-paved and well-traveled versus something that, like you said, you have to go chase. And I think to, you kind of raised, this, raised the point earlier in the show, but for, for someone who is a little bit more free-flying and, and does like that flexibility, following that very... Um, that, that the very well-paid path to become an accountant could be a little bit um, limiting or a little bit uh, just something that someone wouldn't want to, to pursue just because of how to find that path was. And I, it reminds me, when I was younger, I, I kid you not, I knew, I, like I must have been maybe elementary or early. No, no, I was definitely not in high school. I was elementary. And I remember saying to my parents, I want to work in a cubicle nine to five. Like I, I mean, that's what my parents did, but I remember telling myself that, um, not because it's, it's 
it's what I thought I had to do or because that's what the people around me were doing. But I just, I liked the predictability um, and, and the, the, the sense that I would kind of be employed by someone and, and the stability that I felt came along with that. So I think, I think sometimes you kind of just know. See, it's funny how some people uh, find that comforting and some people would find it stifling, right? Oh, yeah. But, and yeah. You know, I described my career path to somebody and they would say, that, where's the challenge in that, right? That, that. And I think, I mean, I was going to save this question for later, but I, it's coming up now organically. And I, I think, I think it, it's, it's not as hard as, I, as, as we realize, or not as hard as it, it may be to really sit down and consider which type of, of person that you are, whether you're someone who prioritizes lifestyle and career. We're not even down this career list yet, but I, would you agree with that, Trevor? Would you, would you agree that maybe you know pretty early on or you're pretty aware of, of which, which one you might lean towards? I'm sure it's personality-driven. You know, if you're somebody who, or just say you are an anxious person, you're going to choose the, probably the more safer route or the more predictable route and if you're less anxious, and you might find that sort of limiting. No, definitely. I, I agree. I agree with that. Definitely personality driven. So working our way through this list, we are on the choosing a career path first, the considerations that come up with when you offer choosing a career path or choosing a career as opposed to a lifestyle. So the third point is that it's most likely very filling it's a fulfilling working life. So ideally you end up in some sort of work, not a job, but work that you never want to retire from. You could do it forever. And only your physical abilities will be the thing that stop you or slow you down. And so, like I said earlier, that is the definition of financial independence. If, if If you want to do this forever, or you hope to do this forever, then that kind of fulfilling work can be, a, a, you know, if if you can find that thing, you don't need to make a lot of money at it because you're going to do it for a long time. Because again, you are, as title of this episode, accepting the lifestyle your income delivers. Number four, the fourth consideration when you are choosing a career first is that you may experience more life stress. So this person I know working in the film industry uh, whenever I talk to this individual, they're telling me about their job and, you know, they're excited to talk about it. And when I talk about, well, how's life going? Uh, they're living in a dump, you know, and their their car didn't start three out of five days that week. You know, they, they just have that kind of stress in their life. The, the um, you know, how to get around, how to pay rent, how to, how to, they, they live in what they consider not a safe neighborhood. So these are the kind of things, so you, you won't have any job stress, but if you don't have a lot of income, you're going to have life stresses. And that I think that this point is probably one of my favorites because it, it kind of shines light on one of the very real um, aspects of, of choosing a career first. I mean, all the other points are, can look like really big bonuses or pros depending on your personality or your um, disposition. But I think this point uh, may experience more life stress. This one is very, very real, regardless if you're someone who is, wants to pursue their career to the day they die. Now, you know what real happy medium would be is if you had somebody who worked, in fact, I knew, I knew, so I took my family whitewater rafting one summer. We went on a whitewater rafting trip down the Ottawa River. Super exciting. I suggest everyone do it. It's, <laughs> even if you're terrified of water, it's pretty, pretty fun. But our tour guide in the raft, he spent his summers being a raft tour guide, and his name was Captain Rod, and he was a blast. He, he loved what he was doing. He talked about it so passionately. And in the winter, he worked in the oil sands in Alberta. And so he had this seasonal work. So he did that by winter, raft guide in the summer. So he kind of had the best of both worlds. I said, how do you like the oil sands? He says, 
it's terrible work. It's really hard work. Um, he says, I can't wait for the season to end so I can get back out to rafting. So that's the downside is you're, so you, he spent half the year in a soul crushing job. I mean, you know, those three buckets, it, it had none of them. <laughs> it, 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 there wasn't even, there was nothing he loved, nothing he tolerated, everything he hated about it. But in the, he spent six months a year or however many months floating rafts down the Ottawa River. So he kind of, in his mind, and talked to him, he had the best of both worlds. That's a really great example of, of obviously, he, he loved that career, the, the rafting career so much that maybe he was willing to tolerate a little bit more um, of, 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 of the oil stands. And even um, I know some people who are work as park wardens and same, same deal. They love the, the, they love being park wardens so much. And so their, their winter job, I, I was kind of, I was uh, asking last time I was at a park asking um, them what they uh, did for the, in the winter. And, it, and, and that didn't really matter. They didn't, it was just, they, they never, didn't really talk much about it. It was more, it's more just that they were there now. So these are um, provincial park uh, park wardens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, of course it's seasonal, the nature of seasonal work. And, and that's what I think when you're speaking, I think seasonal work is kind of that really um, kind of example of, of you, how you can, I mean, and some people, um, this one, one of, one of the individuals I was talking to, one of the park wardens um, was unemployed during the off season as well. So, and then some just kind of worked soul crushing jobs. So there really is that. Do you know what I like with a seasonal work is it's kind of harkens back to when you're in school there's an end to that job yes you know it comes to an end and then there's a new beginning the next year so seasonal work if you can find two you know the something for the off season that you can tolerate and something for the on season that you just love uh, you get that added benefit of that 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 it comes to an end and you get this new beginning the next year Definitely. And, it's, and again, it's a way to make that career work. So last but not least on this list of what happens when you choose a career first is that you sometimes have a lower earning potential. And this can be true and not true. So there's, there's the few people, say, in the music industry that make it big. So you actually, if you choose lifestyle first and you end up with like a job like I have, it's your your income is limited. It's limiting by by the nature of the the job you have. But if you choose a passion project, statistically speaking, you're probably not going to make much money. But there's the outside chance that you could make it big. So it, but as a rule, it's generally comes with a lower income. And I think that is and that kind of circles around back to what I was talking about earlier in the show. How that there's that fine line between I think getting caught in maybe I'm too much of a a realist but there's definitely some aspect of of dreaming and cultivating and aspiring uh, to to reach that greatness within that career and and I I think maybe that you just if that's if that's you I think that's uh that's that's perfect but I, I think it speaks more to that um, so that brings us to the end of this list. There are two lists on what happens when you choose a lifestyle first and what happens when you choose a career first. My final question for you, Trevor, as we end the show is, can you have both? And I think that's really in the eye of the beholder, if you have both. You can have both, like I described, Captain Rod. He, he kind of had both, but in two separate buckets of time. Uh, you can... It's the rare exception when you have both. I, I think it's pr- more more likely if you were to sort of take a, a sample, it is the person that chose the career first and they just made it big, like an author or a musician, and they just landed an opportunity. And again, those things, the it's a lot of the times the difference between making it and not making it is out of your control. It's not something you can control. So it's, but... <laughs> There's, there's plenty of stories of people that had it all, but there's, there's more stories where people didn't. And I think, it, as a final thought, the common thread bet- among both, choosing a lifestyle and choosing a career, is that you will have to make concessions or sacrifices, but you just have to be okay with that and acknowledge what those are. And finally, you have to accept the lifestyle that that income delivers. 
That is it for this episode on accepting the lifestyle your income delivers. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Simple Money Solutions Podcast. We can't wait to join, have you join us again for another episode very soon. Until then, 